We're in a series called Priest Warrior King, and we are uh, leaning in on this term Warrior King, and I, this is how I'm going to decide what to do with this series. I'm really going to, uh, by the grace of God, have a sense of completing this series, and yet out of this teaching, I do have another series that will come in a few weeks that I'll talk more about later. Uh, that's where I'm headed right now. Uh, God tends to, uh, if we get too cemented in our plans, sometimes God changes us, and I like to stay flexible like, like that. Gracie, have a great time in River Kids. Let's give Gracie a big hand. Woo-hoo. All right. Great. Fantastic. Can you help with that, Lisa? There you go. Cool. All right. Yeah, she's tough. I can tell you, she is really tough. Um, Julia Tough, that's what she is, yeah. Um, so, with that said, I want to go ahead and, and jump into in today's message. I got this wires wrapped around here, isn't it? It's kind of weird. We uh, got into Joshua chapter 1 a little bit last week, and I want to jump back into Joshua again as I, be, as I begin this morning. And uh, what's happening, a little historical background in John chapter 1, is that um, uh, the Israelites have been in the desert for 40 years. And the reason they're in the desert for 40 years is because even though God delivered them mightily out of Egypt from slavery and the, and the greatest empire on the earth, the greatest uh, army was the Egyptian army, and God defeated them with 10 plagues, and they drowned in the Red Sea. They had all of this, the power of God with them to go ahead and go into the promised land, but they sent out 12 spies. Ten of the 12 were scared of the giants. And they were so much afraid, fear spreads. They spread that fear, those 10 uh, leaders of their tribes, and God judged them. God judged them and said, "You're you're going to have to just walk this desert. I'll be with you. I'll provide food called manna. I'll provide quail for you to eat. I'll provide guidance with the pillow of fire. I mean, I'm going to provide all this, but for 40 years, those warriors who are in the army at 20 years or older, you're going to have to die out because you're a judge. You did not obey me when I said, go into the promised land. You let fear stop you. And so they've been waiting 40 years, and now they are at a place where Joshua is the new leader. Moses has gone on uh, to to be with the Lord, and and there's Joshua, the new leader, and God speaks to Joshua to prepare him for leadership to lead these people. And he gives them uh, some simple instructions, ones that you and I can take a hold of and apply to our life today. And so what he says, we need to make real in our life. Please don't say that's a good point. Please say this is something I should follow up with and follow the instructions of the Lord here. And so that's why I'm repeating it again today. So in Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 7. God has already started speaking to Joshua, and this is uh, three times God says, be strong and courageous. We're going to see it twice in these Two verses. So in verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1, it reads, Only be strong and very courageous, Joshua, 
that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not uh, depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Let me stop there for a moment. This is a great verse. He's saying, Joshua, this is how you can have success and prosperity. Well, that's a promise for us. These are instructions for us. You know, I'm assuming if I say, everybody, raise your hand. If you want prosperity and good success, raise your hand. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? Well, it's a no-brainer. And so let's be in tune of the simplicity of these instructions. When it says here that uh, do not turn from the law which Moses gave you, that is the first five books of the Bible, the Torah that's called in Hebrew. So, and that's the first part of our Old Testament. So the book of the law, that's what they had as their Bible at the time. The rest of the Old Testament hadn't been written yet. Of course, Jesus hadn't come and the Gospels and the New Testament letters will come later. But he's saying, my word... You don't want to veer from it. You follow it, and you'll prosper. You have it in your mouth. You say it. You speak it. And you meditate it in your mind, repeating it over and over again and saying it. These things, that word of God is alive. The Bible is alive. It comes into our being and transforms us, helps keep our eyes focused on him so God can then prosper us and give us good success. Verse 9, he says it again. He says it's stronger. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So it's a command to have a come from a place of strength. And the Hebrew word, a common Hebrew word for strength is hazak with a heavy H. And it means, hey, and especially talking to us about them going in into battle to take the promised land in battle. Go in strong. Go in with courage. Go in with hazak strength. Have confidence in me. I am your victorious warrior. I'm the one that's given you strength by my word. Go into battle with strength. So, Lord, we want that today. To not forget, you want us to go into battle with strength, with courage, not have fear like their forefathers did and did not obey. We want to obey, not draw back. This is the last time, I believe, I'll throw this little evaluation list up for you. In the beginning of 2024, there's a handful of things. I'm asking you to search your lifestyle. Do you include this regularly in your life? There's five things. Worship and prayer, number one and two, which is a, 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 um, a what the priest, we talked about. The pre- we are priests, a royal priesthood for God. This is our privilege and honor to be in prayer and worship regularly and daily. The word is our weapon as warriors. We just heard it. That gives us strength, the hazak strength of God to go into battle. We have a community of fellow warriors, the altar ministry teams today and last week, and you friends and life groups, we are warriors together. You don't want to be a lone soldier in the army of God. If you feel like you're lonely quite a bit, let me ask you, is this because you are not connecting and pursuing 
connections and relationships to the body of Christ. That is your choice to make. We're opening some new opportunities in life groups, and there are we, we don't even have listed the prayer groups that are listed that we have on a monthly basis. You do not have to be a lone soldier in the army of God. It's not God's design. So I'm saying this, and then all of this is wrapped up with obedience at motivated by love for God because we can do a lot of nice spiritual things, but if we don't end up just obeying God's word, it's all been for naught. Now, I'm going to jump us into chapter 5. We didn't look at this last week. Joshua chapter 5, I'm going to uh, read starting at verse 13 in just a moment. What's happened in these last few chapters is that uh, God actually led them across the Jordan River. He sent the priests first with the ark. It dried the river, piled up the water, and it was dry ground, and over a million people walked across this river. And now they're on the other side, and there is just before him is all them is the promised land. There's Jericho. There's the first uh, notable city in their path. And they don't just start and go into uh, battle the next day. They actually, the manna stops falling. So they start kind of learning how to take uh, food from the land. Uh, there's other preparations like the men in the 40 years hadn't been circumcised, so they got circumcised. That takes some time. And so it's been a number of months that they're just sitting there on this side of Jericho. And what we find here is in Joshua 5, verse 13, an encounter that Joshua has with someone. Before, in the next chapter, chapter 6, they go ahead and uh, go after, un, under God's instructions, Je- uh, Jericho, which is a great story, as many of you know. Verse 13 of chapter 5. And it came, came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, they lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or, or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. This is one of just several encounters where the Son of the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes to earth and appears as the angel of the Lord, or as here, he's described as the commander of the army of the Lord. The commander of all the hosts of heaven. And that's part of this message we'll get into a little more specifically, is that there is a spiritual realm that is just as real, let's say more so, than what we can feel and touch today. There is a spiritual realm, and God, it's not just God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. There is thousands, perhaps millions of angels, these beings that have power, And as the story goes, they 
all were glorifying God, but one named Lucifer had pride and he rebelled and took a third of angels. Now they're called fallen angels with him. Two thirds stayed uh, in, in, and so there was judgment in heaven and two thirds uh, vowed loyalty to the father and one third went with the devil. And those, the devil, Satan has what we call in the Bible devils or demons. And this is in the spiritual realm. This isn't something that we don't see very often. Maybe occasionally God will give you a sensing or give you uh, reveal something of darkness or of his light. And it, it just, you know, maybe an angel or a, uh, a, a demonic presence. And so this is real. And he is seeing someone now that is not of this world. And he says, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. And he did not answer Joshua's question, did he? He sees this mighty warrior, and he, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he just says, no. Uh-uh. Wrong question. I should be asking you the question, Joshua. Whose side are you on? And Joshua wanted to quickly show and obey his loyalty to this commander of uh, the Lord, he went on his face to the earth and worshiped, and God gave him more instructions in that day. Taking off your sandals was an act of reverence and recognizing holiness, and he took off his sandal and because that place was called holy. There's another visitation of Jesus by vision in the book of Revelation. So Joshua is in that first five books of the Bible, and then we've got Revelation at the end of the Bible. And we see Jesus written about in this chapter 1, where the apostle John is taken into the Spirit by an angel to see things that God says, I want you to write down what you see. And so I'm going to read a few verses here in Revelation chapter 1. But when the Apostle John started hearing this voice, this voice as of many waters. He turns around and he sees this being that's glowing from head to toe. And out of his eyes, there's so much glory and power in him. Out of his eyes comes flaming lightning bolts out of his eyes. His chest is glowing. His feet is glowing. His hair is glowing white with this glory and power. And Going to verse 16, it said, He, this, this great being, had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And so this is a being that John has never seen before. And yet we go on in this reading, we get more about it. Verse 17, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. And I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. 
So this is the resurrected, resurrected Jesus Christ as seen in heaven. He has the keys of hell and death. He has victory over hell and death. He is the first being creation came out of him and he is the last. He is the alpha and the mega. He's the beginning and the end. There's no one greater and all of this power and glory is coming out of him. John is seeing him and he gets on the, fa- on the ground too as dead. He just, his body just lost strength and he just kind of was laid out in the spirit and he just fell to the ground before the power of this being and it was the Lord Jesus Christ. The first time that we read in John chapter 5, he had a sword in his hand and Joshua speaks to him. Now there's something different has happened. He had left heaven. He came, humbled himself as a baby. He took on our sins on the cross and everybody was sad. Oh gosh, what a great defeat. It looks like our, our rabbi, our teacher, our soon to be savior and rule over Israel is dead. But no, on the third day, he rose from the again, folks. That is our resurrected Lord Jesus. That's what's different. And we see, and I'll just kind of read it for you, Matthew 28, 5 and 6, when the women came to the tomb because they didn't have a time to clean his body and they wanted to clean. They were in grief and mourning because they've lost their uh, rabbi and teacher who they loved and, and, and would serve And the angel said to the women that appeared, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said, come see the place where he was lying. So just as he said, he kept his word, he defeated death, held the grave, he defeated our sin, our shame, he is victorious, and hallelujah, that's who we get to serve, is a resurrected Jesus Christ. What does that mean for you and me today? You know, that was this great vision and encounter that John had uh, by the Spirit in the spiritual realm, what does that mean for you, for us today? Well, Martha and Mary were sisters of Lazarus. And I'm not going to take time to tell the whole story, but just make a reference. And Lazarus was, they were good friends. That family was good friends with Jesus. They had spent time together. And Lazarus ended up dying. And they were upset. They were in the morning season. He had been dead four days. Uh, Jesus finally with his disciples come to town. Martha comes up to talk to Jesus and she is saying, oh gosh, we wish you would come. You know, they have the mourners with Mary. I mean, it's just a really sad time. And Jesus said to her in John chapter 11, verse 25, he says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she's like, well, yeah, yeah, I, I believe in the resurrection that, you know, at the end of times, there'll be the resurrection. I believe in that concept and all. And, 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 and he goes, no, no, I am the resurrection and the life. I am today on this day in your neighborhood. I am the resurrection and the life. And she's like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I mean, nobody really realized what he was going to do. And he went to the grave 
And he said, folks, his words are the words of God. So that sword of the Spirit that John saw was coming out of Jesus' mouth, the sword of the Spirit, which becomes truth, Lazarus comes forth, and that dead body had to obey. He gave a command. He said, come forth, Lazarus. And that body came alive. And everybody turned from mourning into rejoicing. So I want to say to you today that Jesus Christ is risen. And today, that means something for you and me. He is our resurrection life today. It is a wonderful concept to rejoice about for the future, but it's true for today. And we need that because we are under a great battle. That devil that has, since he was kicked out of heaven, has one goal in mind, is to defeat those uh, who who are created in his image, all people, and those who are his children. And he attacks them, and he's called a wolf. He's called a thief. In John 10.10, he's called, and the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I come to give you life and abundant life at that. I want to read you a few scriptures in Ephesians 1. It's one of those passages you may want to look at carefully and underline uh, uh, some words here. And Ephesians 1 is really like a long prayer. The Apostle Paul's got this long prayer in the beginning of this letter. But there's certain things that apply to us today that I want you to say, yes, amen. I'm not going to let this just pass over as a nice thought, but as something I believe and agree with. He's talking about how he's hoping our eyes are going to be enlightened. We're going to see this. We're going to believe it. And in verse 19, the Apostle Paul is praying and says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Twice the word power is used in this sentence Twice he's saying this power is toward us according to his level of his mighty power. And so, Lord, build our faith from the word of God that your power is alive for us. Verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. See where Christ is. He he didn't just go back to heaven to uh, enjoy fellowship with his father. No, he was placed at the greatest authority of in the throne room next to his father. So he's defeated death and hell, sin and our shame, and he's seated as a king in heaven. And it says where this is, verse 21, it's far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And it's every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So his name, the name of Jesus, is above all demonic powers, all evil attacks of the devil, all sicknesses. It is above every name. That's the authority that rests, that has been given Jesus, and he has that as king. You know, there's, there's, it's, there's a reason 
that later in the book of Revelation, at the end of the book of Revelation, when this king of kings comes to bring righteous judgment on the earth over evil, he has perfect justice, that when he comes, he has a robe dipped in blood, this sword is coming out of his mouth, he's riding on a white horse, and he's going to say death to all that's evil in the earth, all those who are evil, and coming to his enemies that are coming against him in Israel. It's called the Battle of Armageddon. And on his thigh is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His authority is the greatest authority over all other authorities, King of Kings, on the earth. And let me tell you, folks, let's just, how does this apply? What does this mean to us today? And he's also Lord of Lords. Is he Lord over the thoughts of your mind? Is he Lord over the way you allow your emote, where your emotions go? Is he Lord over your mouth and the words that come out of your mouth? Is he Lord on the directions you take and where you walk? What you do and touch with your hands. Because he is the Lord of lords. And you want to say, Lord, I give you all of me, all the members of me, all my soul, all my heart, all my strength and mind. I give you all. You are, I want you, Lord, over all. And when you say that, that means you also want freedom. Freedom because this is the great authority of Jesus Christ that's over the attack of the enemy. That's over uh, pornography that's uh, dominating minds, that's over depression, that's dominating emotions, that's over uh, uh, repeated sins, going back to repeated sins over and over again. Jesus Christ is Lord over, and if you don't feel that lordship in an era of your life, grow in your belief today that he is Lord of lords over that thing, over that evil. A recurring sickness that keeps coming back. It could be like a spirit of infirmity found in the Gospels that needs to be broken by the devil, uh, by God, over this demonic attack in Jesus' name. Lord God, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Build our faith today. May we exercise our faith about you today. So I want to spend a a few minutes here looking at scriptures about Jesus and what happened when Jesus or his name was prayed for in the Gospels. Mark chapter 1, verse 23, we're finding that Jesus is the three things that are repeated in the Gospels about what Jesus did was he preached and taught. He healed the sick, and those were amazing miracles. And then it also says, and he cast out demons. And that list is just a repeated list. We're going to see one of those here. Mark chapter 1, verse 23. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. That's another way to describe an evil spirit. And he cried out saying, let us alone what we do to you, excuse me, what we, excuse me, what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. 
So that's right. This evil, nasty, unclean spirit knows the holiness of God and it calls Jesus holy and he was right. And if there's bondages of unholiness in your life that you can't break, it could be a demonic stronghold where the Lord of Lord, Jesus Christ, wants to be Lord and break that hold over you and set you free. Next verse, but Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. So that was actually a physical manifestation. They saw the convulsion of this body and then this demon trying to hold on just a little bit longer and, and then it left. I've seen that happen in ministry here and other places in the past. This is demons have a, live in a spiritual realm, but they attach themselves to the physical and they can cause this to happen when God is delivering a person. Most deliverances don't happen that way. It just happens by faith and that you can sense a freedom from an evil presence, evil spirit, the freedom. And I, I had it when something lifted off to me in a, a prayer time to get rid of fear and I felt lighter in my chest. I was like, wow, my chest is lighter. What happened? Something had lifted off my chest. The spirit of fear lifted. It was connected to a demon. Let me go on here in this verse. Then they all were all amazed that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region in Galilee. Jesus liked to show himself strong. That he is authority or has authority over demons. But look at what he does with his authority. Mark chapter 6, verse 7. And Jesus called his 12 apostles to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. A couple of points here. One, do you see how he sent them out two by two? Again, you don't want to be a lone ranger. You want to have prayer partners. You want to have a life group. You want Christians you can call and walk through life together and pray together. And some translation says, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits or power. This is what God does for us. Mark's chapter 6, just a few more verses, verse 12 and 13. So they went out and preached that people should repent. So they were doing the same thing. They were preaching, they were healing the sick and delivering demons, and they cast out many demons and anointed with all uh, many who were sick and healed them. This didn't stop at the 12. Did you notice the story in the passage in Luke chapter 10? That Jesus also does this with another 70 to let you guys know this wasn't just for the 12 apostles and the leaders of the early church. No, this God gave this away. And after this, in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 10, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two before his face in every city place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in this harvest field. And let me tell you what happened. That this 70 returned with joy in verse 17 and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. 
they were surprised that it happened. It happened. So why not go ahead and use your faith and go for it? Verse 18, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, you know, so he's, he's rejoicing with him. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And that's, that's a, a spiritual reference to de- demons and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So he's saying, hey, rejoice, rejoice. But there's a, there's a deeper joy than this, that you're a child of God and you have an eternal life with me. What does this mean for you or me today? It means that 1 John 4, 4 is true, that you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So this is where Christ is. He resides in us. And he's given us power and authority over these evil spirits. So this image is a true image of who we are in Christ. You might think you're just having a normal day. No, in the spiritual realm, you look like a superhero to demons and to angels and to Christ. You're one of a sent-out superhero to do damage to the devil, set people free, and walk in light, spreading the light of God. I want to take a moment here and have someone share a testimony from last Sunday. Vicki LeMay had come down to receive prayer, and, um, and we're going to have uh, today altar ministries, two over here, two over there. I'll be up here. Vicki, come on up. And, um, and she was one that came down to several of us here. And, uh, and she had, wow, that got dark, didn't it? Come on in here in the middle. And, um, and you know, the Lord was just ready to do something. She was ready. And so why don't you just tell us either the background and then what the Lord did. You just share your testimony. Um, I don't, um, I haven't studied deliverance and, and things like that. I've heard about it because um, of my age. I was in the Jesus movement and you know, it, it was spoke of in a lot of books and things, but uh, as far as me studying it, uh, except for what the Word or it's been in church, I haven't. But um, w- when I was um, 11, just turned 11, my mother passed away. And um, at that time, um, there was quite a bit of trauma, especially for the three youngest ones. Um, and I uh, won't go into all of it, but it over lasted for a few years and stuff. Uh, but the first thing started right at the funeral home when uh, one of my older sisters, uh, just in, in her, you know, we always say things in our own lack of wisdom, I'll call it. Uh, and uh, I was, I guess, crying. But she said to me, she said, uh, it's selfish to cry. And uh, uh, so, anyway, 
uh, I had already been saved before my mother passed away uh, and baptized and have been baptized several times since then and, <laughs> and uh, uh, have gone to the altar many times. But God was always right with me, okay? He's, he's always been with me. Uh, uh, I can't tell you a time that uh, I wasn't very aware of God's presence and uh, so we go through my life and and now I am getting ready to be 69 years old but the one thing that has had unfortunately had a certain amount of control in my life was that trauma that happened as a child and uh, what uh, would happen is when it would come, I, I took a lot of condemnation on myself. I would, my heart was broken again, just like I was that child. And um, you know, you know, I would cry out to the Lord, and indeed, and, and He always was so loving to me. And I would. Uh, just I've left church before. I, you know, I would get by myself till this shall pass, and then I go on with life. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, you know, in the last few years, uh, you know, I think, Lord, what is wrong with me? I am an old woman. Why is this? You know, what you're a mature woman. On? You're a mature woman. Uh, but anyway, so uh, last week uh, it. Um, I was kind of under this, uh, and uh, it came the end of church, and really my goal was to get up and make a beeline to the door. And um, it it has kept me from church at times in my life, you know, just because I just had to wait it out till I was strong again. Always knew God was with me. Please understand that. Never doubted the presence of God. Matter of fact, God has blessed me to supernaturally to have different things that I knew God was with me, you know, things that the Word talks about. And I know uh, I've just been blessed like that, so don't. But when uh, Stephen, the altar call last week, um, I um, knew that I needed to come up. And I think the first thing I said was that my heart was broken into pieces and it just, you know, and I couldn't take it anymore. Mm. And we began to pray and um, um, Stephen and um, Rita and and then um, Sylvia. Sylvia came up behind me. And uh, so we began to, uh, they began to, um, you know, seek the Lord and pray, and so we began to come against, uh, the. I think one of the first was a spirit of um, abandonment, and um, so Stephen instructed me to, you know, to um, um, not cast it out, but to let it go, you know, to... Um, command it to leave, get it out of here. it to leave, yeah. it had no place in me. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, and um, then, you know, rejection, and uh, and then since then, uh, condemnation. I'm 
have always condemnation, even though I know condemnation isn't from the Lord. As soon as it comes, I know it's not from the Lord, but it has always, it's a battle with me, and other traumas have caused that, Mm -hmm. too. So, um, um, one of, I just asked the Lord to help me know what to share. One of the traumas was even after I was older and married, um, and uh, I had a brother that was um, a year younger than me, and um, so when mom died, our situation, I was the oldest of the three smallest. The two older ones all had their life, but anyway, so I felt a responsibility, but my brother didn't, he, he didn't survive um, the you know, what, what we went through. He didn't survive the trauma, and at 30, he took his life. Mm-hmm. And so, c- condemnation that I didn't do enough, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but um, anyway, so this week, that's one of the things that I myself have uh, commanded to go, that mm-hmm. I, to you know, I, that that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's right. And, and so... Um, And I don't know why things come in, but trauma can open a door. A car wreck, I mean, so uh, sin can open a door, but but it doesn't always have to be sin. That 11-year-old was not in sin. Right. You know, but trauma, you know, so, and I'm saying that because sometimes as Christians we... um, we we have a certain amount of pride, I, I think, is what I, I would call. You know, last week I had a little battle about, you know, coming up here. And, what, and mm-hmm. I, I would just go home and take care of it with me and the Lord because that's mm-hmm. how I've always done right. it, you know. But uh, so when they prayed, you want me to share what I saw? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh-huh. You, you know, we walk by faith, so don't... Um, don't think that what I'm going to share, if, if you don't have this same experience that God had moved in your life, we walk by faith. But so as they were praying, I began to uh, feel a wind blow in my face, kind of like a fan or if somebody was blowing in my face. And uh, I don't think anybody, I didn't open my eyes. I don't believe anybody was in front of me blowing in my face. Um, um, you know, uh, but, uh, and then just, I, I smelt a uh, incense aroma. It didn't last very long, but I smelt, at the same time the breeze was, I smelt mm. an mm. incense aroma. Yes. And then um, later on as we were coming uh, kind of to the end, um, in my mind's eye, and this, God has always ministered to me there. Uh, I saw Jesus, and he was, you know, last week Stephen was talking about him being big and strong and not a meek and mild man at all. But I saw him walk into that funeral home and pick up that child and, and carry him off. Like like I will, you know, if, it kind of like if you aren't going to care for her, I will care for her and never not. So, um I just, I don't know why, you know, 
it went on for years and now seemed to be the time God wanted to deal with it. It, like I say, didn't have anything to do with my salvation and uh, lack of love for the Lord. And mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. people who know me can testify to mm-hmm. that. So I just encourage you, if God puts it on your heart to move, that maybe there's something that that just uh, seems to reoccur or whatever, just to ask for prayer. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow, thank you, Vicki, for sharing. Um, Vicki is... You know, she's a, she's a sister. Go ahead, praise team coming up, and, and I'd like the altar ministry teams to come up as well. Vicki, and, and you know, if you've been here, she's been one of the original members of the church. So if, you, if you've been here a long time, you know, this is a woman of God. This is someone who serves God. She's been on an altar ministry team for years. She's, a, she's able to teach. She's able to lead. I mean, so this is, this is not, you got to realize that, that this this attachment of an evil uh, on her, like you said, came in at eleven at a young age. It was a time of pain and confusion, and then this lie of condemnation uh, came in. And so we just need to realize that hey, this isn't something that's just for somebody who is so strung out they don't even have their mind anymore. No, we're, we're not. We're not talking about that. Okay even though God delivers us from that too, right? I mean, he is the King of Kings and Lord of that too. So that's why uh, you need to, you know, not go home alone and just say, I'll just, you know, deal with it by myself. No, you need to join with the armor, uh, army of God and you take authority over it. Let us take authority over with you on what that is. And, and you know, at first... We didn't know what it was, but when she described this this pain and trauma from her childhood, we just waited on the Lord and felt this abandonment, rejection, and then condemnation. All that was kind of part of her history. And that is the lies the devil does. See, that's what the devil does. He puts a lie on you, and, and, he, and he gets attached to you, and you think it's yourself, but it originated with a demonic attack. And you just embrace it, okay? And so, Vicki, again, let's give her a big hand. Thank you so much. And so that's why, you know, today is a commissioning to you. And sometimes it's just to remind us because we get in the busyness of life and life is, can be discouraging. And we can get into where we, we forget, oh, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he's given me authority and power through his name and uh, the word of God over these demonic trials. I can, you know, so yeah, you should do this in your, and, and, you know, when you're home alone during the week. But it's also a time to join in with the fellow soldiers of Christ or agree together and say, this thing has got to go. It's not going to stand in my life anymore. And so... Uh, that's why we want to just have extra altar ministry team people here today. That's why we are, um, uh, you know, waiting on the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer blessing and dismissal. And if you need to go, that's fine. Uh, if you can stay for continued worship, please do that. Uh, if you want to come up for prayer, uh, please do that. And because uh, we want to agree with you 
that this is the day of your freedom and deliverance. Lord Jesus, we are honored that you're bringing us in to this ministry of freedom. That you want us to be partners with you and to battle with our beloved brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you that this is, this is a blessed time by your Spirit. You like this. You are here, Jesus, by your Spirit as our deliverer, our redeemer, our restorer. Hallelujah. And, Lord, we thank you. You commission us uh, with the authority to go to preach your gospel, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. And so, Lord, we go with that uh, strength and courage into battle this week. In your name, you are blessed to have a great week again. Feel free to stay in worship. Feel free to go and receive prayer.